What's up, nerds? Uh, welcome to Euphoria Season 4, Episode 3. I mean that in a loving way. I love you all. You're probably a nerd if you listen to this podcast. Shoutouts to you. Frostgrunt's giving me dirty looks if you're not watching on YouTube and can't see that. Uh, if you're not on YouTube, you're probably on SoundCloud, Spotify, or iTunes. The hey. other three platforms were available <laughs> on. Got them. Uh, so we're going to be doing a league check-in episode this week, which means we're going to be talking a lot about the state of the league, matches upcoming. We're going to be doing a tier list. Uh, Ender is here joining us. Welcome, Ender. Nice. Glad to be here. Ender, Good. You also you have like to, to say something. Any yep. like fun facts about yourself? We had you on once before, and you told about your ref. Do you have? Do you want to fun facts? Well, the joke is, is that you're either when Trevor takes his child to work day, and his child like uh, ate uh, so another the, child. So the the new story is that I'm his grandson. Okay. Um, because him and Deficio were apparently partners. Because he's had, that old. They had Vedius. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I gotta say the um, and then I'm Vedius' son now. It's it's very confusing because this whole time I thought Quickshot was my dad, and so now, in the LEC lore. Where are you in relation to Vettius? Vettius is Vettius my father, apparently. Is the chosen son. Okay. Yeah. So apparently Vettius, Vettius is the son of so Deficio and Quickshot. If Medic and Vettius made a baby, that's what you're supposed to be. See, I was not aware that Medic was involved with this, but he very well could be. I'm just How unsure. else would you get this large? <laughs> what that the? does make more sense. He's so tall. Andrew, ta- stand up. Right are now? you telling me that yeah. logistically the way that... Oh my... It, he is very tall. If you haven't seen on YouTube, Ender, sit down. How tall are you? Do you know in meters by any uh, chance? For I believe our... I'm one ninety-eight. I'm not actually uh, small. I just work with giants. Dracos mm-hmm. is really tall. Ender's ridiculously tall, and Medic's very tall. So all of our play-by-play casters, save for Quickshot, are just abnormally large human beings. And so I always look like I'm tiny unless I cast with Quickshot or Vettius. All right. Well, thank you for the height summary and the <laughs> weird. Look into the incestuous world of the LEC fan fiction, <laughs> which just just like t- I, d- I, I don't want to know the details anymore. The more the deeper we go, the weirder it gets. That's yeah, all I'll just, say. Let's we, just keep it. Just as leave it, it. Whatever works in your head canon, we'll pretend it's real in real life, dear audience. Um, I swear we actually talk about League of Legends, but before we do, um, quick bet updates. We made a bet with Perks. If G two lose a game at all. Um, we get to dress up as cardboard we, he, we get a cardboard cut out of perks and we get to dress it up every week a lot of you have been sending me wonderful suggestions as to how to dress them up I appreciate that if we lose we have to get a perks cardboard cut out that is specifically specifically slightly larger than our caps and reckless cut out just slightly bigger so that everyone knows that he's a little bit better uh, and you know that's a fragile ego right there well eh. <laughs> <laughs> calm down Ender um it's been two weeks of the LEC. We've seen some interesting results. We've had some surprises. And in a new segment that is basically an old segment with a twist, because it's called Just Talking About the League, but we're going to call it The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Ender, do the song. What song? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, you're. That actually does sound familiar, but I have no idea what it is. <laughs> All right, How we've got one for we've right got now? one for the bad already, and it's Ender's <laughs> lack of knowledge on. How old are at you? At least I'm not the ugly. Ooh. How old am I? I'm 21. That explains everything. That explains a lot. All right, so real quick, guys. How how are you? Let's start with the good. We've had two weeks. What is what is a good thing that you've seen in our league so far? It can be a game. It can be a player. It can be a team. What's the good for you right now? I mean, the easy one is G2 and Fnatic, right? Four no, both of them. Um, we also saw the good, which would definitely be Pike Yumi bot lane. That was dope. I'm all aboard that, and we're gonna be playing that one later, Draco. So you can bet on that. That's um, I like that. I yeah. Don't care about that. 
free Lou. I think the drafts have been really interesting. I think that there um, has been some really clear weaknesses in, cer- in terms of like teams won't touch champions like Aurelia, but we seem to be following the LCK trends and prioritizing things like Sejuani. So I know that I did a deep dive on draft when I was coming into uh, mm-hmm. LEC last week, um, and I was really happy to see a lot of the teams. Like, It doesn't feel like we have one team who's just completely off in the wilderness alone. It might be SK Gaming. Nico a lot of priority there. <laughs> it is interesting though that you bring up the drafts because I was I was doing some digging myself and I thought and I found that we actually in the LEC have some different trends than oh, yeah. other regions. Like Rumble Top Lane is our most picked champion. And like you look globally and that's like the tenth most picked champion. It's like super far down. Like we also really value Elise. Our junglers are very active. Also, in the early Akali game. is like pretty much non existent. Yeah, Akali well, doesn't exist. We're here. going real fast because the thing is, I feel like you pick a Collie, uh, at least what I've seen in the LPL or the LCK, and she still is so obnoxious in terms of like trying to gank her and kill her and everything, and she just goes into her shroud and people just give up. And the LEC, I feel like they wouldn't give up. They'd like they'd set up a tent, they'd just like wait and be like, I can't say that word. Come out, come out, wherever you are, Collie. <laughs> <laughs> I still know what that word yes. is. <laughs> Oh, I, I I know where we're going. Was it okay? I got you. I, I feel you, but we won't go there. Yeah. There's no there's no fiddlesticksing expletives no anymore fiddlesticks on the show because we're wholesome. Yeah. Um. Thank you for all the comments, by the way, that tell us that our audience wants us to uh to swear more. Guys, it's not about that. It's not. <laughs> it's not about the audience. About <laughs> legitimate concerns. It's what they want to hear. But ramifications. Uh. Um. All right. So meta is interesting. So my my big question is like when it comes to meta, like how much does this change looking ahead? Towards 9-12, obviously new week. We don't 100% know uh, if Mordekaiser is enabled or disabled, but just like initial thoughts about the patch. Obviously some fatty buffs. These are the to, karma buffs? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two and a half seconds speed up. Does she need it? Probably not. Uh, probably, yeah, because she was super weak, but now she's feeling mighty good. I actually think one of the interesting things, looking at the patch and like... To be fair, Andrew's <laughs> perspective comes from this dude used to work on the playtest team. His definition of vocabulary about what's weak versus like what's viable it's are almost, vastly it, it different. Just sometimes, yeah. I feel like it's like we're, we're in two different churches, you know, and there's like a, it's like a holy war almost. Look, Because it's like you've got the balance team versus like the feeling of public perception. We, we have the church of of I hate karma and I never want to play against her ever again because she's oppressive when she's good. And we have the, it's fine. She's so to be statistically clear, low. To be clear, well, look rate. at her right. win rate. No <laughs> one when you work, likes When you her. work with like the design team, right, there's some very specific terminology that maybe different uh, differs from like community perceptions. Like weak is like, oh, really? weak or strong <laughs> is like just talking about like if the champion is like, objectively underpowered, which is like low win rate. But you how, can look at it across like all the Is that the only way lows. that they measure that? So no no so it's like there's there's a couple different ways they balance like a lot of it is based on like win rate uh, whether it's like across mm-hmm. all elos mm-hmm. or yeah. like uh, like grouping platinum plus if you want to get like still a large enough sample size to be relevant but also like uh, like the higher end of League of Legends players and then there's also like pro play presence which is where you'll see like champions like Silas be nerfed even if he is like statistically weak in normal play. <sighs> Thank you. I had Andrew, to get that in. for your insight. Into the playtest team. So Karma was weak. How long until you just give up your ties to the playtest team and start flaming shit? Oh, <laughs> there it is. Fiddle six. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll flame stuff if I think it's like really out of line. Right now, I think like the game's actually in a pretty good state. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll get there. But yeah. I, I'm hopeful. I'm Why optimistic. You, so what do you? How do you feel when you see the community perception about things being overpowered or broken or the game not being fun or a role how do you being feel unbalanced? When you queue up against Zoe. Yeah. How do you feel when you queue up against Mordekaiser? Bubble? 
I'm just so Mordekaiser was just like statistically like way overpowered. Like you can look at anything, you can look at personal experience, win rate, whatever. That champion. I've was been busted. to the shadow realm. Yeah, that champion was busted. And I never even back. got taken to a shadow realm, <laughs> and I knew he hurt. My favorite thing is when you see the dots. So the first time that we experienced Mordekaiser, the casting team was like, "We're gonna queue up together as a five man. We're gonna make we sure we went that we're into blind pick, pick to be blind clear, pick. so we could make sure we get Mordekaiser." And Vedius was playing Mordekaiser, and then the other team also had a Mordekaiser, and I. <laughs> Much stronger. Oh my god! Significantly more fed. So I was the eighty carry, but I'd been doing a good job not getting ulted by Mordekaiser, so I hadn't seen it yet. But I'd seen Vedius ult people, and just how hilarious it looks when there's just two little dots like Kane when he's in the wall, and you just see like the two little orbs floating around on the map. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's just like it's always funny because I have like literally zero clue what's going on. And for the first half of the game, Vedi was killing people, so I was like, "You get him, Vedi." Wait, he was like zero three. Yeah, you know, but like, yeah, but every time, every time, he's like the two. When you, when he, yeah, because the champ is objectively OP, right? So Vetti walks, it was at the time, uh, object, he just walks down and like one shot our lane opponent. I was like, you go, Vetti! For like the next three death battles, I was like, you got this! And for the next, like, I have no idea what's happening in any of them, right? Like, Vetti can literally be rolling his face on the keyboard, not hitting any buttons. And I think that's the special joy that Mordekaiser brings me. It's like, if you're really bad and you play Mord, but you're like not hard feeding. You just alt in the death realm. And if you get hard outplayed because you're a bad player, no one will ever know. You're like, guys, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I hit all my abilities, landed all my skills. Uh, I just got a uh, DPS checked. Uh, that's exactly how it played. I didn't miss everything. I didn't just get kited and do nothing. <laughs> I was actually, so last night I was watching QDPI's stream and exactly the same thing happens. He's playing Lucian and he's gigafed, right? He's like two item Lucian versus like zero completed Is that item. Is playtesting terminology? Gigafed? Gigafed, yeah, okay. that's, that's playtesting term. I'm just making sure. <laughs> he, he gets, he gets uh, Shadow Realmed, right? And he ease melee range into Mordekaiser, gets hit by every single <laughs> ability. He ults and his, like, his ult is like not even connecting. And then afterwards he dies, he's like, well, that shit's just not fair. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, are you watching? Watching the same game I'm watching. But imagine how this is going to be in like pro play. Because right now in solo queue, we were fortunate enough that we were all connected. So we were talking to each other. But a lot of people play not talking to anyone. So you just see like the Mordekaiser ultimate. And then like your team's just waiting around to be like, I don't know who's going to come out on the other side of that. Like what's going to happen? But in comms, I know when I got ulted, I shrieked. And I was like, what is happening? This is horrific. And so in professional play, is that just going to be the same thing? Is someone going to get Mordekaiser ultimate? And Caps or Yankos is going to be like, ah! <laughs> I feel like that might happen. It depends how good your comms are. I don't know. Yeah, it's you, ultimately, I'm it's like a 1v1 nocturnal. I'm concerned for, for headphone users. Sorry for that. I don't know if we needed the exact dramatic reenactment. Um, yeah, I think we are We are on 9-12 this week. I'm not sure if it's confirmed whether or not Mordekaiser is enabled. It's a question, Or disabled yet. So we'll find out. Um, as we move later, you guys can keep up. We'll, so one of us will tweet it once it's confirmed. Either way, what the status is going to be. All right, so patch is good. Mordekaiser is exciting. But let's talk about some teams. Let's get one more good thing before we go on to the the bad or the ugly. Who has surprised you? Who has been good so far this season that you maybe didn't expect? Because um, Ender, you already highlighted Fnatic and G two Esports. Those are the easy answers. But give me give me a good that isn't quite so immediately obvious. I think Misfits, and I think this one might uh, seem like immediately obvious. People will be like, Kyrie, Kyrie was great. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. But I think specifically highlighting how close Misfits got to beating. Origin and Fnatic. Now, I know probably if you ask Fnatic and Origin, they'd probably be like, that wasn't close. We did this. We knew that these were our power spike windows, and that's exactly when we attacked. I get that. I understand. But I also think that Misfits just 
you know, some tweaks to draft. Like in a best of five, I'm not completely sold that Misfits 100% lose to Origin or Fnatic or get... I think that they'd probably lose. Actually, I'll reevaluate that statement, but I don't think they just get smashed. I think Misfits are actually like much more competitive than uh, I thought that they were going to be. Yeah, I think Misfits definitely more competitive. I'm still having a hard time like figuring out where exactly they would like place in our league because the only two teams they beat have been Rogue and Excel so far, which seem to be like two of our weaker teams. So uh, I think like the jury is still out on Misfits up at the moment, but they have done better so far than they did in Spring Split. Not that Whee! that's saying a whole lot. <laughs> that is a good though. Look at all this, good. this investment that's finally <laughs> paying off. Ugh. We'll see. I hope we see leader at some point. That's what I hope for. Wow. What? I do. You just hate Febivin. It was pretty funny. <laughs> when I was what? casting Misfits, I think it was against Origin. They were in the chat. They're like, so when are you going to sub leader? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was in the lobby. Like, when does leader play? Oh, my God. OG. Savage. Nothing against Febivin. I just want to see what leader can do. You know? The, I mean, the, pro- the prodigal assassins, the next generation of EU mid. We've got Larson. I want to hold It's his class. meta. It is his meta. Bless. All right, now it's time for the bad. These ones I feel like are going to be way easier because you're both very negative people. See, I core. feel like bad is sort of hard because <laughs> I'm saving a lot for the ugly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, well, I know exactly what you're saving for ugly. Uh, I'll say Shalka. Shalka the bad. Shalka are the really? bad. I don't think they're the ugly. I think that they're the bad. Now, I really do like Trick. I think that they're performing better than they did because last end of spring split they were definitely ugly that was not something you wanted to look at now that they're just bad and i think it's uh, only a matter of time before they get more comfortable as a team dynamic and they start to kind of um find their stride i think something that is holding them back in this meta is that i'm still not getting the strength of the solo laners that i need from oda and abadage in particular um i'm not saying oda in particular i'm saying abadage in particular <laughs> but oda Me too. Is, in, <laughs> is in that uh that camp i think Trick uh, can be the bridge to help them get to their team fighting phase, but right now it feels like the same old Chalka. Their team fighting is really good. Uh, they were still caught off guard. A lot of their games came down close to the wire, so they're still not good enough in their early game from their solo laners for me to be like, okay, you guys are back in form and I'm back on the Chalka hype train. Fair yeah. enough. I think like uh, one of the players that like does excite me on that roster, like obviously mentioned like Trick coming and bringing shot calling, but also uh, just watching Ignar specifically like, he looks in so team much fights. Better. He looks so good. Like uh, there's a game in particular where he's like playing Thresh and he's positioned like completely away from his team to like get a sick lantern and find a flank and like pincer in the enemy team. Like there's a lot of really cool things he does in team fights that I just don't think our other supports actually like know exist. Like I I actually don't know what other supports in our league would go for some of these plays. Um, and like that's really cool to see out of him. I think it's good that you bring that up because I'm going to say that one of the bads for me is support talent pool right now. <laughs> because <laughs> it's honest, rough when you watch uh, it. Honestly, like when you get out of let's let's say that the perceived top three coming into the split is like Mithy, Hillisang, and Mickey. Mickey, right? And Dreams has his good moments, and Ignar has his good moments, but like. Even then, the lack of consistency from our like perceived top supports is, is crazy. Like Mithy is pretty consistent and Mickey's pretty consistent, but Mithy's highs are like not crazy high. Hillisang obviously wildly inconsistent, but very high highs, right? And so I'm, he has a good I'm pike, actually, I've heard. Yeah, well, yeah maybe. <laughs> that pike was cool. Using his ultimate to like reposition himself so he'd hit other skill shots. I was like, okay, yes, Hilly. <laughs> so quick, very quick aside since you brought up pike. I have a bet running with Mickey that I'd like to extend to all European supports in the LEC, which is that the first person to successfully land the Pike Q cancel, 
in competitive play uh, will be considered the best pike in Europe. It has to be it has to be successful and it has to be a good play. It can't be random. You need to explain because I think very yeah, few yeah, people yeah. have seen so, this. So <laughs> there is a insanely small, very specific timing window. It is not skill based. It is probably all random. It <laughs> is, I think, highly skill based or all random. Also, I mean, <laughs> those you are could, the two options. Yeah, those, that's it. I think it's skill based, but like, you could randomly get it in theory. Um, Basically, it's a very precise timing window on when you can animation cancel your Q with anything. You can cancel it with uh, W, E, Alt, or Flash. Those are the easiest options. The, the most practical one is um, is your E, Phantom Undertow. If you get it right, you essentially chase the projectile as it comes out. So um, think about this. If Pike is like pulling back his spear and as he goes to release it, I think you guys told me that it's as he comes by his head. That We have a bunch of different theories. We spent about... I have put about... I'm going to say 10 hours. At MSI, there was like down. collectively like at least 12 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, were, we were planning a segment because I was getting it right. Like I got it right like 30 times in a row. And, and I was like, oh yeah, we can do a mechanic segment on how cool this is. And then I could never do it again. And you just spilled water <laughs> on yourself. And it literally said it would it happen again. And it happened again. Um, anyway, That's great. So if I, a pike in Europe can pull this off, uh, then outside of the fountain, because you can do it in the fountain really easily for some reason. You can look it up. Pike QE cancel. Um then they you know are what I'm going to do bike. for you? I'm going to reach out to some of my playtest friends, and I'm going to get them to confirm whether or not it is luck or skill-based, because they can do that. I'm like, can't cut the ties yet. Right, <laughs> well, don't tell them. Let's let them, because, I mean, then it's even greater. So that's an e easy way to the top. You can either objectively be the best pike, or you can do the one really hard animation cancel with very specific timing windows. Anywho, yeah. So I was bummed a little bit about the support, the support quality. I feel like there's so many good AD carries right now, and I feel like there are not nearly as many good supports, which makes me sad. Because I think that that's a problem Europe has had historically where, like, back in Season 4, Season 3, it was, like, all of our supports played hook champions, and, like, that was what made them great. Hillisang was, like, around in that era, right? Hillisang was good at hook champions. He wasn't, like, the brain of the team. It was just, like, don't mess with his Morgana or his Thresh because he'll hit skill shots. So I'm sad, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, like, when you look back at, like, hook champions like that, those just naturally make supports look stronger because they have, like, very clear high-impact moments, mm -hmm. whereas, like, you're playing uh, Yumi, it's less clear when you're playing you skillfully. The, the low-impact <laughs> moments are pretty obvious, though. But I think a lot of this has been revealed by ProView, um, which, again... Please buy ProView. It is actually amazing. I think I've used it every single day now. Um, so the thing that's unique about bot lane is that unlike every other lane where, okay, if this is your mid lane, the lane is divided this way where it's like I have forward percentage where I'm in the opponent's territory or I am back by my territory. In bot lane, if it goes like this, it's divided this way and it's also divided into two little mini lanes. And you can mess shit up in a matchup that you should win if you're not standing on the right side of where your lane is. If you're an AD carry and you're supposed to be facing the other AD carry, if you're supposed to be facing the support based on ranges, based on cooldown windows. And watching ProView, you figure out very quickly who knows what the matchup is, who knows where they're supposed to stand, and who knows where they're supposed to abuse on cooldowns. Yeah, and to be clear, you're talking about like forward versus backwards in lane, and then also like Top river side, side versus is like the yeah. bottom bush, bush side. side. Yeah. So if you find that, like, you hear that a matchup should be winning and you take it to solo queue and you just get absolutely blasted with that matchup, <laughs> you may be standing on the wrong side of the lane because if you're just zoning away the melee support, you might not work for you. Maybe you need to zone you're away the those Targon stats. <laughs> they can't get in there. They can't heal. It's everything. We play double melee all the time. We get, we get hard zoned <laughs> by that. All right. It's time for your guys' favorite. I know you've been waiting. 
It's yeah. time for the ugly. And this is not physical appearance. This is just the bad of the bad. There's the bad, which is like, oh, bad, rough. Then there's the ugly, which is like, oh my God, help this whatever. <laughs> Team, person, player, situation. Um, let's just call it a situation. Let's call it a situation. We got going on in the bottom situation. Right little, little Jersey Shore here. All right. Um, <laughs> God, I'm old. Do you know Jersey what that walks? is? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll call you Snooky and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and you'll just that can be I've heard these words before. I, yeah. You're the Snooky of the Euphoria podcast. It's fine. I actually don't even know. I never watched it. I just like it was just so <laughs> popular that like the memes overflow into your timeline. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, who wants to give me their the first ugly? I think it was only one answer, isn't there? Well, I, I disagree with that. <laughs> well, why don't you give your one answer then if you only have one? Team Vitality. I think they're the only team worthwhile right now to just be classified as like the ugly. Like that team is on fire. It's going downhill. Everything is like ripped off of it. And I, I don't know. All right. That's, that's how I feel about well, it. Well, I have a se- I'm going to segue here. We're going to go out of this segment and then come back because I want to hear Ender's other ugly. I want to play a new game called Objective. For sure, you can think of it as devil's advocate, but the objective of objective is to be objective. English sucks, folks. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Ender, you have strong feelings about vitality. Frost does too. But I'm going to ask Frost to drop her strong feelings about vitality. I can do that. I want you to tell me everything you think about vitality. And Frost's only job is to be the devil's advocate, is to be objective and tell you why you're wrong. All right. Wait, so um, can we please do this point by point? Like, don't give me like three <laughs> yeah, yeah, points. Like one point, yeah, yeah. let her respond. One yeah. point, let her respond. Okay, uh, I just have to choose a good starting point because uh, I feel like there's so many. Um, well, there's only five players. So. There, there's only five players, but I think there's more problems than there are players on this team. Um, but we'll start. We'll start with uh, their bottom lane doesn't look like they have any idea what is going on at the moment. Like they are dying two v two versus Sonatarik at level one. I didn't even think that was possible. Walking melee range into Tarik stuns like. What? I will say that that is because Attila is playing a champion like Sivir as opposed to Attila's Draven. So I do agree that like that matchup didn't look great, but we do know that there are other matchups where this Vitality bot lane has popped off on. So why aren't they picking those matchups? I agree. So why aren't they picking those matchups? Well, they get banned away from them. they get banned. So a player is now good if they can soak one ban and then int on everything else. Uh, I mean... That can be applied to a lot of our ADCs in this league right now. I'm just saying, like, if if you are they f- dying two v two at level one to Sonoteric? Everyone's had a bit of a whoopsie so far in this LEC. Like, it's brand new, warming mm. back up, coming back into it. Also, it's be- it's best of one ender. All right, you let's know? talk about Jack Troll's Yumi just getting caught out. How is that even possible? Well, I, this champion should be unkillable. What about and like, yet he makes this champion have a zero percent win rate. Well, LEC played Yumi, I think, five times before G two actually got it, and then it finally got its first win. Yumi is so heavy that G two needs to carry it. This so here's the thing: is Vitality continued to leave. Yumi open on red side and teams were like, yes, please take Yumi. We're not worried about this champion in Jack Troll's hands. That's how little they care about their bot lane. Okay, Vitality's not the only team that has left Yumi open. We've seen Yumi, again, played like five times. But they're the only team that consistently gets Yumi when they're on red side. G2 were the only team to pick it against them on blue side, and that's because they hard disrespected them with Pike Yumi bot lane and still beat them. I think you're giving too much credit to the LEC teams. I don't think anyone really knows how to use this champion. Except G2? Well, 
There who, who was still seen? some sideways right, plays. Right. Before to be fair, Mickey Savoy. did jump out at Parks and get one shot like three times that game. So to be fair, just to, just to come in and be the voice and be objective. Yes. <laughs> okay, it, you've been you've been piling it on the bot lane. Is okay. that all you got? No, no, no. I we can we can go harder. Uh, let's see. Jungle position. Okay. Mowgli. Um, Goes into the enemy jungle. He likes to counter jungle, right? That's good, you know, get a lead over your opponents, except he averages deficits at 15 minutes. He's down in XP because he's going into the enemy jungle, losing his flash, dying, then recalling in like terrible positions where he gets caught out and killed. Like this player is like, I feel is so wildly inconsistent for this team that it actually makes it really difficult for even like top side to try to carry. But I think his game plan is relatively sound, which mm. is you get an early game jungler. He likes Olaf, he likes Elise. And then you just hard camp top lane. And I think that this is a meta that plays around its solo laners. So while there is inconsistencies in making it count, again, we've seen a ton of failed dives in the LEC. So I don't know why you just got to throw shade at Mowgli. The idea is there. It's not like he's running it down to his Sivir Yumi lane, which there's no godforsaken reason he should be there. He's at least going to Cavo Shard. I mean, I love that the idea is there, but I mean, obviously the execution isn't because this team is zero and four at the moment. But They've then- thrown so many ridiculous dives where like we're dropping aggro when he's playing Elise, right? Where he uses repel as a gap close instead to drop But is the dive itself aggro. a good idea? I mean, maybe if you can play it correctly. Like, I, you can't come into the LEC and be like, you know, I'm still a pretty good jungler because the idea was there. I just failed five dives last week. We have so That's many junglers who deal. have no idea what they're doing. So if it comes down to execution, that was what kept Origin out of being a relevant talk, excuse me, fiddlesticks a relevant <laughs> talking point, that they failed for the first half of their split. Then once they got the execution correct, because the ideas were all sound, suddenly they're second best team in our league and go 0-6 to G2. Yeah, that's great and all, but they also had other pieces around them that worked. Vitality right now are like, they have nothing. Like They've got Jazuke at Kabushar. Jazuke, let's talk about his he split He almost so killed far. Caps on Echo. Oh my God, he almost killed Caps. That's great. That's more than more. On a champion, on a champion that can go forward, dive two towers, and then still ult out. Like that's that's fine and all. And look, look, I'm not saying drafting priorities. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Jazuke should be the player that's carrying this team. Him and Cabochard have to be hard smurfing in order to get wins. And right now, he is not performing to the level that he needs to be. I'm not saying he's doing terribly or even doing badly. He has just not impressed me. And he should be a top three mid laner in EU. He has not been that so far. So unless he can get to that level. Vitality will continue to lose. Yeah, but that's three, what, four games. You get four looks at Jizuke, you're like, he's dead. There's no top three. I mean, this Who goes would you back put over him? Vitality have Nemesis. I would put Nemesis over him. And then there's like this whole pool of like, who goes where in the mid lane? Okay. I disagree. Jizuke had a decent game against Caps. I don't think Jizuke and Cabochard can be uh, counted on to hard carry. How hard... Attila and Jack Troll are throwing the games right now. Ooh, there we are. And we're out of objective until <laughs> let's just talk about a vitality, which is fine. Because at this point, I think and where Ender seems legitimately mad at you. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I can't take this. No, we're just getting fired. <laughs> I like it. This is good content, Dracos. That's good. All right. So let's get out. So like, I mean, so for you, Frostgren, we've heard a lot of Ender's arguments from your perspective. Now that your your job is not to be the devil's advocate here. Is it, is it just all on the bot lane right now? Um, I think that this as a... As a coach or as someone with coaching experience, um, this to me looks like communication. I think that there's a lot of 
We had this conversation with Foxtrop on the desk for opening ready check on day two, I believe, where we talked about mental boom. Mm-hmm. I think that word gets thrown around a lot, but unless you've actually like worked pretty intimately with the scene, it's really hard to understand like what the tangibles of that look like. And they can look like a couple of different things. Either your comms are blowing up and everyone is super passive aggressive, very negative. You're not getting any information down and it just completely takes down like morale or your comms are silent. I can't tell you which one is happening in Vitality. I personally don't know, but I'm going to take a guess <laughs> and say that there's probably Probably some huge communication errors and uh, big windows where this team just doesn't agree how to play the game. And until that gets sorted, and this is actually when I'm going to put the flame not on the players. Like, yes, you can look at Jack Troll and Atrilla and you can be like, what are you doing? You cannot lose those 2v2s. But they know that. Like, no one needs to continue to tell them that. But I need to look at Yamato. Jacob, I love you. Fix your shit. I don't know what is happening here, but like, this looks like a, a managerial problem where hard reset into the team, have your kumbayas, everyone hold hands and like get back on track because we know that Vitality should be able to do this. Just should be a meta that they thrive in. They have an early game jungler who's like, you're coming down here with me and they have two massive carry top laners. All Jack Troll and Atrilla need to do is just sit and farm it out. Play Sivir and don't die to Sonoteric. Yeah, so like <laughs> that would be great. Uh, for me, I like communication seems to be an issue. I agree with you there, but also just like trust. I think that this team this team hasn't won a game in over a hundred days. Like that is ridiculous for a team that was our second best team for like six or seven weeks in Spring Split. Right, over a hundred days since their last win. I think it was against Spring Split Rogue that they got that. Like it's been a while. So for me, I see this team like. I don't think they're ever picking themselves back up in this current iteration because I think once this happens, when you were good and now it's all falling apart with like very serious mistakes coming in, I think you lose trust in your teammates, whether it's bot laners losing trust in each other or a guy like Cabochard that's literally looking around him while his entire world is burning. It's like the picture of the dog while the entire house is on fire. You know that meme? Like that's how he feels right now. So I don't think this team can have a kumbaya moment and be like, you know, we'll rally you with a speech. Yamato gives a whole lot of speeches to this team. They don't need seem to be fixing anything. Should, so until until you make a roster change, this is how I feel, until you make a roster change and then can pick up a win, you don't have trust anymore. But the, the thing is, is like because there's two segments to this. Um, a, Vitality have been a team that when they run into uh, problems, they have made those roster changes. Like mm. historically, that's actually how Vitality have found their kind of next level, uh, the kick is change comes mm-hmm. into mind. Yep. And then like two, I agree with you. And it's, again, it's really hard to explain this unless you've really experienced it. A lot of these players are very young. I'm not just talking about like vitality specifically, but just in my experience, very young players, they don't necessarily know how to um, communicate in the most like effective or healthy ways. A lot of these esports orgs, especially in the very beginning, didn't necessarily have the support system in place to help these problems out. And so if someone just decides, if a team member decides that their team member is bad, you're dead. You're dead in the water. That will never be changed. If you decide that your coach is bad, then you have to make a coach change. If you decide that the org, like, it goes so downhill so quickly, and this is why, like, more safety coming into, or more mainstream safety coming into esports is so important with, like, sports psychologists, because hopefully that will help pull it out, because it's such a ridiculous mindset. But, um... I'm really afraid that that is what has happened to Vitality, and I hope that this org is stable enough that it is able to pull up, and if that's through a roster change or managerial shift-ups like what Misfits did or, or mm, whatever mm. it is. Damn. Things are... I mean, I, I can't help but just agree. I mean, something needs to change. I think you both give good arguments. I think I'm, I'm a little bit in the ender camp in the sense that 
it's hard for me to imagine the the kumbayas necessary to get everyone to feel good, right? Um, and like obviously from an outside perspective, it's easy to look at Vitality's player and see like you know, like the fiery interviews that like Attila will give and assume that they're just not the kind of people. But we don't know how much of that is broadcast personality. And it's um, also just so hard to always go back to players. Like Misfits is a perfect case example where, again, if you take any of those players and you put them on a different team, they would be superstars. And Misfits is now finally getting it together. So it's like people will be very quick to jump on like, you know, screw Attila, screw Jack Troll. Uh, what is Kabushar doing? What is Mowgli doing? What is Jazuke doing? But the reality is, is like if you probably separated any of those elements, they'd still be those highs Good. that yeah. we know that they can be. So it's something about the combination and how the intangibles fit together. Ah, All right. That's Vitality. Thank you for being the devil's advocate there for a bit, Frost. You had one more, I think, ugly there. Ender, do you want to share? The next thing coming up, folks, is the tier list. And I feel like we've already done <laughs> some of the work here by having this Vitality discussion. Um, Ender, what else do you have for? I've got Humanoid. Ooh. So here's the thing. I was, this is I was not a commentary over, on physical appearance. So I was considering slipping humanoid into the bad. Um, we breezed through the bad, though, so it'll be ugly for now. And here's the thing. In losses... He solo killed Caps. Caps literally ran it down. <laughs> I could have solo killed Caps in that situation. I mean, he I'm pretty good player. Dracos <laughs> could have solo killed Caps in Woo! that situation. But I'm insane, though. So that's... No, you I'm real bad. You got a pentakill on Yasser. <laughs> I did. You guys kind of spoon-fed it to me, but we don't t- Shh, talk about it. <laughs> so here's the thing. In losses, Humanoid has looked real bad, right? Mm. Like, take the game, I think, against Misfits, where, like, he just wouldn't build a QSS and, like, went for a 20-minute Tiamat on Aurelia, couldn't finish his Triforce until 30 minutes, like, one and nine, it was rough. But then in wins, I have not seen a player have so little impact in wins as Humanoid has so far this split. So they have two wins right now on Splice. He has gone 2-0-0, I believe, on Silas uh, in a game where I think they had 17 kills overall. And then versus Excel... Excel, he went one, one, and one. That's not doing a lot. Yeah, but top laners play on an island and they're isolated. Mid laners don't play on an (laughs) island. Mid laners are like everything happens around mid lane. I can't recall these games, so I'd have to like really watch them to pass judgment on humanoid. Um, Is this a situation where, like, did you account for him just playing for priority? and playing for, like, invisible pressure rather than being a playmaker with, like, hearts. Like, I don't know what champions he was on. Like, if he's 1-1 one, one on Rise, I think, depending on how he played the Rise, like, you could get away with that. You could burn out in a side lane. Like, you could be, like, 14 levels higher than everyone else. Yeah, so here's the thing, is that, like, yes, the 1-1-1 one, one, one was on a Rise game. <laughs> right? Boom. Nailed it. Um, but... My my concern is that, like, you have a, a player like Xerse on this team that's, like, popping off, and, like, he, the games they've won, he has hard snowballed. Like, Xerse has looked really, really good to, like, get this team wins. And when I look at Splice, I see this team is, like, trying to break into the top three. You know, like, right now it's G2, Fnatic, OG, whatever. And, like, Splice needs to get in there. And they have really good players all around, right? But I think that, like, Humanoid right now isn't at the level he needs to be when you consider that those top three teams probably have the top three mid laners. Humanoid, not a top three mid laner. And I don't think right now he's even close. Like, if Splice want to, like, make the leap to try to get top three, try to go to Worlds, any of this stuff, like, he has to step up. And right now, I don't think he's pulling enough weight to be able to do that. Oof. Yeah, I mean, harsh, but I, I think when we do look at those specific games, it feels like we had some really monster performances from Humanoid in spring, but we also had some, like, really bad ones, right? I remember one or two Aatrox games where he popped off. I remember one or two Aatrox games where he literally did nothing, where he was just, completely invisible. I feel like I could think of 
at least five other players before I even got to considering humanoid for ugly. I just think that ugly is like a very yeah. So so again, again, I was trying to slip him in for bad, and it's like teetering right now for me personally. So like maybe ugly is a bit too harsh, but right now, like I just like he has been invisible to me. And yes, you know he can push side lanes as rise, but that doesn't make you like a good player. And I think that like when I look at how he's actually like playing in these games, it's like the team is just like actively not using him at all. What I liked about Humanoid, um, just to kind of play the other side, because I, I think that there are legitimate criticisms, especially in context of like mid lane and mm -hmm. how important it is right now, especially in its power in Europe. Um, uh, I liked that. While I didn't think that Humanoid was always making the right choice, like you see this with both Nemesis and Humanoid. Nemesis is like, I can 1v1 this guy. <laughs> he couldn't 1v1 that guy and they like lose all side lane pressure. Humanoid doesn't necessarily know when to apply pressure or when it's safe to do so, but I can actively see him, especially on Rise, like looking for playmaking opportunities. Like you can tell that he's got like that killer mindset that he wants to do it, but he just needs the experience to figure it out. So for me, I kind of want to give Humanoid like the benefit of the doubt in that you're a green player, you're brand new to the LEC, there's a lot to learn, especially against some of our mid laners in this league, like Nuke Duck and Caps is kind of the two sitting on top. Um, so, like, so I love it because you have kind of like the esports dad slash parent mentality where you're like, you know, son, you went out there and you tried, and I can see you tried really hard. <laughs> and while you fell flat on your face, your opponent scored way more goals than you, and, and ultimately you accomplished <laughs> nothing. I could see that you put in that wholehearted effort. You can't. And that's what that's what defines you as you, a man. Son. You can teach people how to play the map. That's the thing. You can teach them that. You cannot teach them that killer instinct to mm. look for plays. And so if a player has the killer instinct where they're looking for the plays or looking for the opportunities, I'd rather have that than the dude who's like mechanically sound but just <laughs> chilling in his lane, not doing anything. So what you're saying is you don't want humanoid. I think human. I disagree. I think humanoid looks for plays. All right. Yeah. I don't think he executes on them every single time okay. perfectly, but I think he, I think there's a good college try in there. <laughs> oh my God, the college try. There it is. Friends, it is now time for the first official Euphoria Season 4 tier list, uh, which means that I'm going to go grab the board, and we're going to get to talking. So just to recap really quick how we do this, as we did finish The Good, Bad, The Ugly, um, we are going to go bottom to top in terms of current standings for placing teams. If you are on the bottom, I reserve the right as a host, if you are in the bottom five, which is tough right now because of the obviously the massive tie going on, to cut analysts off at 60 seconds because every time we do this list, dear audience, <laughs> and you may know this if you've watched more than one episode, we spend a freaking hour on like the 10th place team. In this case, Vitality, we talked we about a lot already. Them. Yeah, nice. Um, but didn't just you like see talking about like the micro the performances of players who are ultimately not doing anything. And so this time we reserve the right to just hard cut off. No more talking about this team. Okay, so we get that. 60 seconds to make our case. Well, yeah, but I'll, I'll choose. Some teams I'm just, like, we'll start, and then if I get bored, I'll be like, wrap it up. Okay, I, I'm going to be a little well, no, it's harsh. Fine. Go get the whiteboard. Right. Get the board. Thank you. <laughs> How you doing? Have you done this before? I've never done this before. I get to make my first tier list. Baby's first tier list. <laughs> Welcome to the Reddit comments. Oh, I, I, I can't wait. Mm. <laughs> Better or worse than YouTube? I don't know. If you spend like an hour long making content where you're just praising 20 players, but people still find a way to flame you, fiddlesticks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. I have my magnets on my whiteboard. Why don't we start... Reminder. Uh, put them in D. We have S to D tier. Um, so when I... Don't make a new tier. No, there's no new tiers. No new tiers. Don't make a new tier. If you want to say, like, you can say, <laughs> say your thoughts. 
Summarize your thoughts on Vitality. Okay, no. Here's the thing. You can only make a new tier, but it has to have a really good name. It can't just be F tier. Yeah, because originally I had them put in F tier. Um, you get three chances to make me laugh, and it can be a new go. <laughs> okay. Um, we could start LCS tier, right? That could be funny. I got a little little, a little smirk. It's a chuckle. Um, but that probably wouldn't be as good as, or as accurate as LPL tier. Um, no, that's... But even that really doesn't even come close to, F tier is probably more similar to LCK tier, I think. Is You're th- mean. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to say, we're going to put them in, in D tier. But, uh, Can we put them in the Ender tier? <laughs> <laughs> what if we put them in the Elder Scrolls Skyrim tier? Uh, okay, probably. Oh so boy. the table, bang! I'm sure once again you're literally murdering people <laughs> right now, Prosper. And you're like, how many eardrums can I destroy? He's gonna dip Sorry, it. Phil. We'll fix it in post. The most iconic words ever yeah, uttered. Put, um, him in, put him in the Thalmor tier. Thal- For context, uh, Elvish scum. Ender plays a lot of freaking Skyrim. He plays Skyrim like the and League worst of Legends. Kind Skyrim, of Oblivion, you don't, even have, like, you don't even have like nerd cred about like things that actual nerds care about. Like you're not even arguing like the Star Trek with the Star Wars or any of that like fiddlesticks. I mean, both of those are great. You're just like I actually watched all the old Star Treks. True story. Star Trek's good. But yeah. you Star don't Wars know the good, the bad, and the ugly? No. Nah. Um put him in D tier. I'm gonna put him in D tier. I don't have a pen either, so we're limited. Um but Thalmor tier made me laugh because it's just so specific to you. <laughs> like literally no one else on the face of the planet is understanding what you're doing except for diehard Skyrim fans. And I ha- like, there like has to be some since they've literally remade yeah. that game for every console known to me. D for Dominion Scum. Old Mary Dominion. All right. D, Vitality. Easy. Uh, if you're just jumping in for just the tier list, you can jump back to uh, our discussion of Vitality in uh, Objective. Anyway, next team. Ooh. Oh, I guess technically below them in the standings. Mr. Alphabet. Um, Excel. We haven't touched Excel yet. This is a team that has also not won a game. Um, they They've just got Mickey close. this week. They have gotten close. That's true. That's a little bit like um, the whole college try. The whole college <laughs> try. That's true. I'm all about participation awards. There you go. <laughs> you can leave America, but it's still a part of us to this day. Excel look rough. Excel look rough. So break it break it down. 60 seconds. Go. Sell me on why Excel should be in We'll give you each 60 seconds. I mean, they're 0-4 right now. We can start with that. Good Um, analysis. Yeah. uh, You're welcome. Uh Um, I mean, so I was like one of the people that like when they brought in Mickey, it's like, ooh, that's a spicy move. You know, that could be great. That could be Between like a Wikipedia page and a Reddit comment, I'm not getting more from you. Yeah. Well, no, here's the thing is that like I need like I needed Mickey to like pop off in his first week and Uh like, yeah, that first game against Misfits was like terrible from, you know, level one invades and onwards, uh, smites and all that. So he didn't get to play the game. But like if Excel want to win games, they need a pop off player right now. Like Mickey came in, didn't impress me that much. Expect has looked good, but again, not popping off. Same sort of for Cadrill. And then the bottom lane just is uh, sort of like a void at the moment. I think Kjarnan has like decent laning phases, but then like is continually getting caught out. And I wrote that off as like, you know, first week back, that's all right, but it's like continuing to happen. And that seems to be like a recurring mistake that just shouldn't be happening in the LEC. So in their interview with Red Bull, Kasing talked about how he didn't really know how Kasing was going to fit into the thing, but he was having, or not Kasing. Kjarnan. Kjarnan, not Kjarnan, Mickey. Mickey. How Mickey was going to fit into things, but they were having visa issues. So Mickey hasn't had a lot of practice time with the team. At least that's what their public perception is. So I'm 
I'm going to hold judgment in talking with the coach. They said that uh, Mickey's actually quite upbeat, that he didn't bring the reputation over about being like a toxic player into the team dynamic, and he's trying to keep everything forward. So I actually feel like Excel's probably very refreshed. And in their game against Schalke, if Hjernan just hadn't gotten caught out by the cocoon, that was going to be a pretty straightforward victory. So while I still think that Excel deserved to be in the D tier because they are sitting 0-4 and like close but no cigar, like that doesn't cut it. I think that they're just about to cusp into moving to C tier. Like I think Vitality is going down and I think Excel are actually going up despite what the scoreboard shows. That is freaking bold. For me... I said D tier, but they're like in between. They're cusping in to see it 04 over Vitality. Almost it's just LPL something I would tier. not have expected. <laughs> it's still the LCS tier. <laughs> anyway, um, I think for me, the, the best version of this team is, is 2018 G2, where you've got two strong solo laners, you've got a combinant jungler, and you've got a bot lane that you never go to unless he plays Heimerdinger. Like, right, and I think that's the best it'll be, but right now, it's definitely not that because the solo laners aren't carrying the game. But I think they're over Vitality. Okay, so is this? I don't wait. This do, isn't. Do we order, order them? No, tiers are just like no, clumps. no, no, no. Put them over Vitality. That's All unfair right. to Excel. Oof. Okay. I'll let that sink in. That's. Well, that looks. Well, that looks really trash. But that's what you wanted. You wanted. <laughs> it does how bumblebees over. are made. <laughs> <laughs> By floating every letters. show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next on the list is technically Rogue. Talk to me about Rogue. Rogue are two and two. What a time to be alive. Now, before <laughs> Who have they beaten? Oh boy, they beat Excel and Vitality. You can actually just put them right on top. <laughs> are they also in D tier? No. They by no, on top I mean, they clearly get C-tier. They have beaten both the D tier teams, but they have not beaten any teams above that. Um, All right. I think like right now I'm like pretty hopeful for them, you know, like mid lane jungle, mm. you know, new players coming in look good. Profit still excelled in the top lane. Bottom lane is a bit of a question mark for me um, as like the trend of like these lower tier teams with like struggling bot lanes continues. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that like their top side of the map does look pretty solid at the moment. And, you know, we've, we have a very like small sample size of games with these new players specifically. But this team for me like could grow into potentially a playoffs team given enough time. Here's the thing about Rogue. They really excel in 5v5 and playmaking, especially when a Vander is on something like a Rakan, which is such a powerful champion right now. But here's the problem. So against lower tier teams, Rogue will take victories because the lower tier teams don't have the consistency. They rock into 5v5s if they didn't get their snowball off. And you then start flipping coins and eventually those are going to land on, on heads for Rogue. But against the top tier teams that do have the consistency and playstyle teams like Splice and teams like Schalke, who you would say probably on the bottom of that that discussion, mm-hmm. um, because they are so good at team fighting, they will give a problem for Rogue. So Rogue, by the nature of how they play the game, will do better than they did in spring, but I don't necessarily think that makes them higher than a C-tier team. And I think fair to withhold judgment is because, as Christy already mentioned, we have... They've only beaten the two worst teams in the league thus far. Final thoughts on Rogue? Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, along with like the team fighting stuff, uh, I think they're like very reliant on Lars or uh, sorry, Inspired in the early game to like get leads and like in their losses. Like, even though he's on like champions like Rexai, he has been like not super present on the map. So I think again, following this narrative of like beating lower tier teams, like. Inspired will be able to find a lot of those plays, but like will tend to struggle, uh, especially against like better top laners and mid laners. Um, they're like, or like, I mean, bot lane too, like that he just can't abuse like multiple times in the early game. Mm. All right. Well, C tier seems a fair fate for now, but Rogue 
cautiously optimistic I am. Just compared to last season, I don't think oh, they're, they're like, already like way better than last season. Yeah, but like maybe they can aim their sights on a playoff spot. Yeah, we'll the, see. The goal should be playoffs. Next up, uh, once again, just going poof, standing seems to be behind us if you're wondering what's coming next. Uh, Schalke, no fear. So I, oh, wait, you go. Do you want to go for I go. Okay. So <laughs> no, let me just as a reminder, they've beaten uh, Excel and Splice. Those are the two people that they have taken games off of. They've lost to Fnatic, someone else. X, uh, Splice and SK, and they've lost to Excel and oh, Fnatic. There you go. Yeah, I mean, so, like, for, for Schalke, like, there's, we already said a lot of the stuff, right, about, like, you know, Ignar good team fighting. I think Trick is, like, bringing, like, a lot to their early game in particular, um, sure. especially as, like, a very defensive jungler. Um, so he's, like, he's a player that I don't think is, like, going to super pop off on his own, um, but he's going to be able to punish uh, weaker enemy junglers, uh, especially that, like, go for very predictable plays, like, you know, early game turret dives. He's, like, very good at covering those, I feel like. Um, for me, Schalke feel like, they're like between a C and a B tier team personally. Um, I know maybe you have like some other thoughts on that, but uh, at the moment, like I I could be overvaluing them, but I see like so much I think from Trick and Ignar in particular um, that I am like quite hopeful for them. They also have like upset too. So like as I think like we're shifting into a meta that like is going to focus more on strong bot laners with like champions like Karma getting buffed, you know, the like very uh, enchantry Lux builds that the mm -hmm. other regions are really trying to value. I think that's going to be a lot more important. So like for me, I would actually consider bumping them up into B tier because I think like they are going to be like quite good moving forward. I actually think Shalka and Misfits are the two teams that are the hardest to yeah. to pin down and to rank. And I do agree. I initially, when I wrote this out in like five minutes of thinking about it, I was like, I initially put them in C tier. Um, but I do agree, like their pieces are better than a C tier team. Mm -hmm. But right now, the synergy at which those pieces are connecting is at like C tier. But that doesn't mean that it'll stay at C tier. Like they can be a very good team, but it's just not showing right now. And so it feels bad because after two weeks of performance, I want to put Schalke in C tier. But the reality is, is after five days of scrims coming into week three, they could very well be a B tier team. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. we've also seen them beat Splice, which I would consider, you know, to be one of our, you know, top But teams I just think moment. stylistically Splice was such a good matchup for Schalke because of how they want to play the game. Like, uh, Splice didn't necessarily punish Schalke for like their... Sure. Uh, well, hold on. We're going to get into Splice in a sec. Let's, let's just go to Splice yeah, next. Yeah. But, but before we go, how you guys are feeling, B or C? I right would now? personally put them in B tier. And mm. like I would cite the evidence as they beat Splice as that best example. And also, I think like they have the pieces, as you mentioned. So like I would put them like cautiously B tier um, uh, as like a more like optimistic look on this team. But I think they are that tier. Yeah, I think if, if the caveat is, is that if they're B tier, it's because of what they will become in like the immediate coming week versus what they've already shown us. What they've shown us, I feel like, is C tier. But I think coming into week three, we get a B tier performance. And then hopefully if you're a Shalka fan, you're like, and then week seven, we'll get A tier, right, guys? And I'm like, please, yes, hopefully. Wait, okay, so just to, if, if that's the metric, do all the rest of our rankings hold up then? Um, I'm going to say yes. Yes. <laughs> all right, then I'm, then I'm down. We'll put yeah. Shalka in B tier. Um. Next I also feel like a lot of like, B, like so looking at it, like there's a big group I think in B and C that I feel like are all like very close and like almost interchangeable at the moment. So like keeping that caveat moving forward, like our pack right now is all like tied two and two. Mm. Like we have six teams all tied in those rankings at the moment. So it is important to keep in mind that I feel like since we've only seen four games, like this is like we have to project a bit with some of these teams. 
All right, Splice. We talked a little bit about the Schalke matchup. They, of course, are also in a similar boat to a lot of these teams that are in the middle of the pack. They've only beaten the worst teams in the league. That's Vitality and XL. They've lost now to Schalke and G2. Where do we see Splice? You brought up Humanoid as a bad slash ugly on the overall status of the league. Um, Frostgren, you also were very you were very quick to say Humanoid is not the first person you'd point a finger at. Do you want to do you want to go any deeper on that on the Splice lineup? <laughs> You've Who been watching you? some ProView, I believe. I've been watching a lot of ProView. I am not going to name names or flame flame. I've decided that ProView is a very powerful tool, and I will only use it to build players up. <laughs> So, what I will say this about Splice. I think Spice and Shalka have very similar strengths and very similar problems. Not necessarily in the same way about how they play the game, but in the sense that they're almost incomplete teams where you have two members who are very strong, and Shalka, I think it's like two and a half, and then you have um, two to three members who are very weak, and it's how they are compensating and waiting for these other these players to grow. They're kind of like puppies. They're trying to like run around the paws real big. So they're cute, but you know, you got like the dogs up at the top. Wolves and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the analogy went sideways. It's fine. I have to put them on B tier with Shalka, uh, just because that's where we also put them. But it's like, it's kind of the same thing with Rogue and that they have a play style. Splice have a play style like Rogue that will punish inconsistencies because of how um, consistent they can be. They're basically just like the better rogue in a sense, but I think that puts them in B. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I would put them in B tier. I also feel like their inconsistencies are literally just going to be linked to jungle um, because like so far what we've seen is like Xersei gets like hard shut down, team loses the game. In the other games, like Xersei is just like absolutely bodying kids, um, which is like super impressive out of him, how he's like been like snowballing games for this team. And like we've always known Xersei's been a good early game jungler, um, but I feel like he's had like a couple performances now where it's like literally just him. And yeah. like it's not like the rest of his team is like holding him back or anything. It's just like he's absolutely going like so when you, monster. When you talk about the games that he gets shut down and that being a problem, is that a weakness on Xersei or is that like the team is too reliant on Xersei? Uh, so like for example, like the the easiest example uh, is is their game against G2. And I don't think it was like he like misplayed really. It's just like the team let him down a little bit in the sense of like it was a lot of losing lanes. Yankos had like f the freedom to like freely invade. Mm. Um, so I think it's like less on him necessarily and more that just like he carries a lot of weight with Splice so that if he's not in the you know position that he, he needs to be to be able to like really have good early game performances, this team will struggle. And I think that will tend to happen against the better teams with the better junglers. Next up on the list is Origin. Eight tier. That was fast. Yep. Origin reminder. Vitality and if we're ranking wins. them, um, we need to put Splice above Shalka. Are you okay? Yep. Cool I 100% agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Now they're getting stacked. Right? Even though they lost to him. I just I think it's a yeah. place time. No, I agree with you. And um, while we're at A tier, we need to also throw Fnatic up there. You're just okay. Wow, right. we're just firing them off. And I want Fnatic. Mm, we I want, don't know if I, I don't know if I actually agree yeah, with do. this though. You, you, you want them up there, do. okay? And then just throw them big bad boys up at, at S tier. Okay, so we're just taking, we're just doing the top three all in one, on one go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's just, why not? Origin was supposed to be nice, but let's just do G two. Now, normally, guys, I want to give more time to G two, but I think you know the G two story. <laughs> At this point, I think we say it every week we on broadcast. We can't say anything new about G2. We can't say anything new about G2. Um, Except what they picked that week. They're smurfing. This time it's Yumi Pike. <laughs> like, they're insane. They're clearly head and shoulders above the rest of the league. They play Fnatic this week, which is super exciting because maybe finally we see some weakness from G2. But at this point, in the past, it was like, 
ah, G2 can definitely lose here. Now it's like, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. That's how far ahead I feel like G2 are. Is that fair, Frostgren? I'm just thinking, like, what kind of draft G2 will actually play against Fnatic. Um, because we never really got to see that in the best of five. Like, we saw G2 do the crazy drafts against Origin, but I actually think that's more possible against Origin. And not. And I'm not trying to say, like, wait, Fnatic versus Origin, but again, stylistically, I don't know if G2 run a Pike Yumi against Reckless and Hilly. I think that they Reckless might... Reckless and Hilly play a lot of Pike Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a, a contested risk, duo. A risk, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's true, and that would be hype. Um, but I kind of feel like this is, like, the Zaya game from Perks. Like, yeah. that, that's... That would be my bet. Hmm. I think they actually run a more traditional standard draft against Fnatic. Um, and yeah, I actually think like the the Zaya is like actually one of Perks's best looks it in is the balling. Best look. Um, and like specifically like uh, a lot of people like point to that game where he was like three levels ahead of everyone. It's like, oh my god, he just reinvented AD carry. But this is something he's been doing for a while too. Like when I was watching MSI, he was consistently doing this too, where he has teleport, he's going to side lanes, he's like getting donated all the resources, and it's basically he's getting funneled, you know, Man. without like actually running around with the support and taking jungle camps. He is just soaking everything. And like there's a couple things to this where one, it just makes playing AD carry a whole lot easier um, because he's just like so high leveled and like has more money so he's like pumping out more damage but also like why don't other AD carry players do this you know it feels like he's stumbled upon something that like really works I'm like well I mean I feel like people could have done this for like a whole year where teleport existed for bot laners and he's just like now the only one doing it AD carries uh, majority of AD carries weren't necessarily trained on how to play a side lane like a mid laner yeah. was hmm. the advantages of Umiyan. And we do have a lot of AD carries who play side lanes. Like Sneaky comes to mind when he's on the likes of his Tristana and Jensen was back on that team. It used to always be instead of having the ADC in the mid lane that Sneaky would get kicked out into a side lane and he'd have his uh, support shadow underneath him and he'd eat up farm. In fact, that was also the Reckless special for a yeah, very long Reckless time. Reckless did it a Being lot outside in like a side yeah. lane just hoovering up everything. It just it feels like we haven't seen it in a while yeah. is my sense. Like I, I think we got some hints of it with, with, with Reckless last split, but like even then he wasn't like using that to like solo carry game. It was like, I'm just hard split pushing. Whereas Perks is just, he's going silent, picking up, roaming mid, team fighting. Then he's going to the jungle farming camps. Then he's going top lane. It's like, okay, this guy is actually just so far ahead of everyone else that it becomes like impossible. To Reminds me a bit of Uzi and his ability <laughs> to soak up literally every resource on the map. Um, all right. G2, great. Perks, revolutionizing everything. Can't fault him. Um, but I do want to talk a bit about Fnatic. Fnatic 4-0 now. Things looking much better than they did last time at the start of split. We're continuing to see a lot of dominance. I just I, I want to kill this narrative. I know that it keeps coming up where it's like, well, Fnatic started out slow last time around. But the last time we saw Fnatic, they were like the most dominant team in our league. <laughs> you know, like they ended summer like winning more games than anyone else. And yeah, you can say that G2 took no, a no, vacation. I'm, yeah, for sure. They maintained that dominance, right? Which I think is the thing that I'm trying to say, right? Like, because it's always kind of a question mark for me how good Fnatic are going to come in. Because we've Why? seen splits where they should be really good. I mean, did we expect them to just like fall apart from a single roster change on Cap? Like, I, I didn't. But I don't think they actually fell apart. Like, you can look at their scoreline and be like, oh, they're they're on fire. Everything's terrible. But they fell they, apart. Like, they, they almost, if they did not have the second half of the split that they had, they put themselves in a position where they almost didn't make playoffs. They I, had to win basically all of their games just to get but in. But they did. 
Yeah, no, but like they they popped out, and like to be fair, like I I agree with you. I think it's like a little bit overblown, but like they were put in a they put themselves in a position where they lost so many games that the team that was like the best performing team in the second half of the split almost didn't have a chance to compete in playoffs. I I hundred percent, and I know that you're gonna bring up like we had Whippo and Broxer right here. It was a very emotionally charged episode. Yeah, it sure. felt like everything was falling apart for Fnatic, but also at the same time, I'm just like Fnatic have people like Reckless, Hilly, Broxer, sure. Whippo on that team, like. The competition is not stacked enough that talents of that caliber wouldn't be able to figure it out and then pop off. No, for sure. To a certain, I mean, to a certain degree, to they did figure degree, it out. And that was, was that was the question. Split. Would they figure it out? They did figure it out. Still got taken out in OG in the end. And I'm just saying, I'm, I'm happy to see Fnatic not only continuing to show us more, but specifically the thing that I think is cool and that's building faith for me is that, like, Nemesis is starting to look much more comfortable, much better in the way that he plays with the team. And I... Like, are they G2 tier? No, absolutely not. Fnatic are not nearly at that level right now. But, but they're also a very different team. True, yep. 100%. But now I'm starting to look at that Fnatic origin best of five again, and I'm wondering if we played it today or if like if we fast forward and assume that that best of five happens again. Like, now I'm seeing Fnatic in a position where I really do think they can win it because it's not just the, hey, if we get Reckless Vayne, we're going to win this game. Like, <laughs> Or we get them Twitch Annie. That yeah, works. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, like, that series, like, there were a lot of issues going on for Fnatic, where there was, like, their read on Sonatarik and, like, how they matched up against OG. Um, but, like, I do like that you bring up Nemesis, but I have a, a little bit of a different view. I don't think he's, like, all of a sudden stepping up individually because mm. I thought he actually performed very he's well He's always last been split. good. The he team was just super plays aligned. better with him. Yeah, that's the thing. Fnatic didn't play through Nemesis last split he was he was like the signature player that was like i'm gonna push mid and go dive a side lane and like help my team get ahead and that was great you know he it was a good look for him but so far what we've seen from like brox is him actually like putting resources into mid lane finding ganks for him and as a result nemesis looks a whole lot better because the team feels like just fully trusts him now and is willing to give him the support he needs to be able to like step up and be like i'm now a primary carry for this team and it makes like everyone else just look better I also don't know if I agree if Fnatic and Origin played a best of five if Fnatic wins that based off the best of one. I think that their strategy was really cool and this is what I've always wanted to see from Fnatic. Very clever drafts and uh, using large champion pools. I think mm. when Fnatic are at their best or in their most recent history at their best, it's when they got to abuse champion pools and abuse champion picks. And so the Shen mid into Aatrox, super cool. Guess what? It was still Bwipo that was kind of like that edge to champion picks again, like it was at Worlds when he was the only guy playing like the Victors and the Urgots and things like that. And then it felt like they lost that. They had to rely on their fundamentals. And then G2 come out and they're like completely changing how you look at the game. That said, Hopefully they have more tricks. Hopefully they continue to diversify that. Fnatic's fundamentals and how they believe they should play the game, very strong. I think Origin are the more creative team with also incredible fundamentals and incredible uh, key players. But because they have what I think more creative looks in a best of five, I still waited on Origin. I need more tape from Fnatic before I'm like, yes, Fnatic are the second so let's, best team. Let's talk then a little bit about Origin as we get through the last of these. These perceive are the teams that we believe are in the top three right now. I mean, they've beaten Vitality. Whoopi. They've beaten Misfits. That kind of means something. They've lost to G2 and Fnatic. Um, now, you're, you, you still obviously have more faith in them. They've always been kind of considered the quote-unquote best of five teams, so that makes a lot of sense. But uh, what is your thoughts right now, Christian? Yeah, so uh, to get into this conversation, I think we need to look at like both teams at, at the start um, and how they try to play the game. Because when I look at Origin, I see a team that like 
they have like a list that they need to like, when they see a play, it's like, there's a list that goes before it. We need to check every single box off before we can make that play happen. So like, they'll make sure like their side lanes are in order. They have vision around Baron, you know, they push up mid lane and then they try to make a play. Um, whereas Fnatic are like a muscle team. So they'll, they'll like sometimes like forget about the side lane for a little bit so they can group up with five people and like force their way into an objective. And I think that actually Fnatic's way works better in the current meta. Um, because what ends up happening and what I've seen from OG specifically in that Fnatic game was like there was a play around in Infernal Drake, I believe, where like OG had everything, you know, like bot lane was like frozen, like just about in the middle. They had mid lane priority and they had control over the river for the Drake. And what ends up happening is they send, I believe, uh, Nuke Duck walked up to like ward the Baron. Alfari goes bot lane to like fully push out that lane. And because of this, Fnatic then actually like just got mid control and like pushed down into the river. And like it ended up being like, like a little smite contest over the dragon, but ultimately like Fnatic got mid lane tower for free, which was like arguably arguably a better trade for them because it gave them more control over the map, especially as Baron was spawning. Um, so what and what ends up happening is like because Origin try to accomplish everything and fix everything before they make a play, they just run themselves out of time. So I think like in this more fast paced meta where it's like so much about like gaining control, Origin sometimes lose that control because of how they're trying to accomplish everything. Whereas Fnatic will just be like, okay, side lanes, we can ignore those for a second. Like, that lane's going to freeze. We're going to push in and we're going to make it happen. Frosk, do you agree? Disagree? Mine's, um, like, I totally understand what you're saying and I agree with a lot of those points. I disagree with some of them. I think, this sounds very strange to say, but I think that Origin are the better team because Patrick and Mithy are better right now. And Hilly just had that pop-off pike game. And again, this is one of those things where that statement will go down and people are like, ah, oh, how dare you underrate Reckless at Hillisong? They're so good. They are incredibly good. Patrick and Mithy are just that good right now. I think the collective champion pools, how important bot lane is for priority right now, the fact that Mithy and Patrick almost always play for pushing priority, and that's not to say that Reckless and Hilly don't, but I think that Patrick and Mithy have a wider arsenal of tools to do that with and more creativity and how they then plug into their team where like over the four games that I've seen where Reckless and Hilly are still so clean with fundamentals, but Reckless in particular isn't impacting the game in the same way that I'm getting the impact from Patrick. And I think everything else is like so close that it would literally just come down to composition. Like how would I decide the winner between Fnatic and Origin of Best Five? I would have to see the drafts every single time. And that was that would be the only way to do it because I think Fundamentally, these teams both know how they play the game. They do it in very different ways. I don't think one way is necessarily better than the other, but I think like the team that has more flexibility in draft, that's probably who I'm going to place my money on because they have more options. And I'm going to cap it there. We'll have more time in the future to talk about them in the uncap of upcoming weeks. Now, we're running ourselves out of time, dear friends. As you know, we generally do tend to talk a lot Damn of it. <laughs> We said we wouldn't do this. Uh, but no, we talked about the top. That's good. That's what we wanted. Okay. But now as a result... Sorry, SK and Misfits fans. You guys are going to get shortchanged. You can... I'm going to... Chrissy didn't speak... Chrissy, you're a guest, so you can pick. Do you want SK or Misfits? You're going to get 60 seconds to tell me where they go and why. Uh, all right. I'm, I'll take Misfits. Go. Okay. So I'm actually... I Similar to Shalka, but the opposite. I would put Misfits in C tier at the moment with the potential to grow. So I might be undervaluing them, but like looking at it, they beat Rogue and Excel. They almost beat what's their faces and what's their faces. Sure, sure. But <laughs> when I'm looking at this team, it's like they brought in Kiri, and I don't think that like magically solved any of their problems. Um, they did beat those two unknown unknown. Did you teams. see Kiri? 
Murphy was like a, a huntsman. He was galloping oh, across okay, that rift. Okay, Excel he was literally just, murdering just kids. really gave them that win. I'm so talking like, about fanatic and origin. Yeah, I, they did try to play with their solo lanes and like completely failed in the mid game though. Kirei was still the monster. Okay, I love yeah. I love me some Kirei. Don't get me the wrong. The mid game was was an issue, but Kirei that wasn't his fault. <laughs> Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying is like I I haven't like I haven't fully seen what Kiri can do in like an even game just yet. So like I'm I'm not like actually putting that much stock in them. So like personally, this team still needs to prove themselves more to me. I haven't seen enough games to write off their spring split just yet. So I need like another week or two where they take games off of teams that are not C and D tier teams. So so reminder that we put Schalke in B tier thinking that they had a C tier performance, but they'll be B tier. You want to put Misfits in C tier? But no, here's the thing is like, I, so I actually like slightly disagree with you on that Schalke point. Like they took down Splice. Like that to me, like is actually like good indication of their skill. Like I think Ignar Trick, great. And now we're taking time away from Misfits. But ultimately like what I've seen from uh, Misfits has not been enough for me to like confidently be like, this team's a B tier team. It's like C tier, maybe I'm undervaluing them right now. Like I will fully take that, but I need to see more games with them before I can confidently be like, oh yeah, they're definitely in the clear now. I think Misfits a B tier team. I think SK are a C tier team, even though SK have had decent games against teams in the B tier above them. But the problem is, is that SK have a whack draft right now. If they don't get Sejuani, uh, they don't look like a real team. I think Sejuani is way too important to pick for them. And that they are very one dimensional in the champions that they're able to execute right now. Cool. That was super fast on SK. All right. Do you agree with SK and C tier? I actually, I think SK is, is a B tier team at the moment. Uh, I think that... Uh, I'm going to say you're both right because I want to answer Twitter questions, <laughs> dear audience. And so both teams get to be C tier and no one gets to be B tier. Wow. Congratulations. Why can't they both... I would say I would feel better about them both being in B tier. Yeah. And ultimately, again, B and C tier are so close right now that like, aside, I'm pretty confident like Rogue is a C tier team, but like those four teams right there, like I honestly don't know where they should put, be put one, there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven... One of those teams got to get booted. <laughs> Whatever. We'll leave it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first tier list uh, to read it through for you in podcast land. S tier, G2, A tier, Fnatic, Origin, B tier, Splice, Schalke, SK, Misfits, C tier, Rogue, D tier, Excel, and Vitality. And Excel is slightly above Vitality, but both are still in D tier. One of them's a hat. One of them is a hat for the <laughs> but other one. Both a mess. But now we asked you guys for literally anything on Twitter questions, and you came back with a lot of stuff. Froskrun has her phone open. I have my phone open. I it don't. is time for for Twitter questions at their finest. Um, there's one that I wanted to talk about, and I've lost it already. No, here we go. Shout out to Dealy Man. Thoughts on Riot not nerfing Stonoteric or even mentioning it once in the patch notes, considering it's by far the most broken combination in the game. Now, I went hard on this guy, and there's a very clear reason for this. If you have eyes and you can read context, anytime a Rioter posts anything, the amount of messages that we get about patch, balance, weird changes that have nothing to do with our jobs, like, people come at us all the time. So, like, okay, fair. Went pretty hard at this guy. But at the same time, I'm like, you know. I know you know. I know you know that you've seen this. And the fact that he's like or even mentioning it once in the patch notes, considering it's by far the most broken combination of the game. If he was just like, what are your thoughts on Sonoteric? Do you think we'll ever see it nerfed? That's a completely different way of posing that question. I'm just saying, I'm not in charge of the balance team. If you come and be like, why don't you change this? Fiddlesticks and change this. I'm going to be like, that's not my job. So do you want us to address this, or you just want to like let that sit? I think just, <laughs> I've got another one that's a different question. Sonoteric are a problem. <laughs> there you go. But I think it's not about Tarek. I think it's about Sona. 
Tone of Tom Kinch, bigger problem. I think it's about double support items. I think it's about support champions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You guys are going in. God dang. All right, I just had one. Did I you lose it, it again? Nice. All right. This is a mess. What do you Does this even a professional? Problem? Fine. We'll just go into this one because it's funny. Who's more talented for picking up girls at a bar? Frosk or Dracos? Froskerin. <laughs> <laughs> She's a lesbian crack. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, continuing. Um, I know that I don't really, like, straight men don't necessarily find me very attractive. Let me tell you, I'm the Brad Pitt of lesbians. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Just wanted to get that in there to buy time so I could find a real question. Thank you for that. Go um, ask your girlfriend. Crap, I need to remember your name. I forgot to show you out. For uh, Rash at... You have, you're you just Rash. I'm sorry. Your tag is way too long. We'll, we'll, we'll try to add it below. Thanks, Rash. Rash, great question. Um, set us up for that one. It was fantastic. Next up, uh, there is a question about enchanters in the bot lane that I've now... People! I need to favorite these. Deficio used to favorite them. He was way better at this than I am. Oh, wow. Okay, hold on. I, I'll get you one. No, no, no. There's, there's one about bot lane that I thought was really interesting. Uh, people are getting buffed in the bot lane. Lots of people. Lots of different people. Um, enchanters could potentially come back. Yeah. I've actually, I've actually spoken with some analysts about Talk this. Talk about it so I can find the actual yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, no Enchanters. problem. Uh, I actually think like the, the game might be shifting more towards so like sorry. bot lane <laughs> focus. Um, specifically because like we're seeing a lot more range support champions. Like uh, the Lux is very popular around the world. We haven't seen it too much in the LEC, but I think it will pick up steam. Uh, Karma as well. Uh, Yumi too. So uh, this does a couple things. One, it means like ardent sensor. So like stronger team fight 80 carries are going to be more impactful. But also having two range champions in the bot lane makes it's so easy to access turret plates that if you like actually put jungle attention down there you can like snowball gold onto your ADC without necessarily like finding ganks just through pressure you can make this happen so I think it's like really okay, important follow up goldfish fan at once again Iglos to Luxmid alright dude you guys gotta get simpler Twitter I, handles I, for I me G. to say calm down Sifa I changed it I never mind. Okay, I only had bad. Wait, I got it. this one. Freak's biggest fan at shitpost ti. A joke question. Did Ender Cast come to EU because he saw all the good NA casters are in EU? Ignore my name, or because his dad Deficio was working here? Serious. Since you guys are American, can you imagine yourself casting the LCS, and how would it be different? Well, so every the day first I, question for is both. You actually came to EU because of Deficio? Yeah, he's my dad. Or my granddad now. The lore is very muddy. <laughs> it's very subjective. It's very messy. We've talked, if you want to hear more about the lore, go back to the start of the podcast. It's a, it's a disaster. There's some Lannister crap going on here. In the it's an absolute mess. Gosh, dad's my uncle's brother's What was the second sister. half of the question? Okay, um, if, would we ever cast the LCS and how would it be different? I'd wake up and I'd be sad. Because we wouldn't have won anything. And Here's, that would make me deeply ooh, sad. That's rude. Serious question is, is I find that casters are trained by the leagues that they cast. So mm, in sure. casting the LPL, whenever I would go to international events and I'd watch non-LPL teams play, I would just have different assumptions about how things work. Like if there was an Alistair, I'm like, that guy's going to flash in. And I remember very uh, specifically, I was sitting with Deficio and it was RNG, Mata's Alistar. I remember looking at Deficio and being like, Mata's about to flash in and screw everything up or screw over his team. I think I said it in a much more colorful way. And he's like, no, why would you do that? And then as he said that, Alistair flashed forward. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to, and uh, when I came over to the LAC, it was really hard for me to predict what the teams were going to do because I was like, why aren't they going in? Why aren't they flashing forward? 
thanks to G2, now they do that. So I'm happy. <laughs> we live in a great timeline. All right, I'm going to rapid fire some questions. Also, I can't live in Los Angeles, so I couldn't live in NA. I can't stand it. I LA is LA. fantastic. You guys are both so wrong. LA is a cultural abyss. With tons of great food, great people. If you're willing to drive traffic. for two hours to get anywhere, <laughs> it's awful. LA is so over-romanticized. Anyway, quick fire questions. This one is for... Uh, Ender, Steph's the Butcher, at Susgronica. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Deal with it. What's your opinion on Lucian Lux bot lane? Seems pretty sick in the early mid-game. Ooh, I think Lucian Lux is actually a pretty decent bot lane. We're not seeing too much Lucian nowadays, so like I'm less sold on that as opposed to like the better Lux plus Ezreal. Lux Sivir, I think, is like a nasty combo, too. Like, you land one bind, it's tons of damage. Nice. The thing Super is, sick. is, two of them spike in mid-game, so if you have Ezreal Lux, literally at mid-game, it doesn't matter how hard you hit them. If one binding hits, that person is dead. You do not survive that. doesn't yeah. matter if the Ezreal is like, Oh, and four. I care less about whatever AD carry is paired with Lux. Lux, Jack, Lux plus any great. Is good. Don't take Dark Harvest like Ender does, though. Uh, Dijalo at Esports Dijalo. Do you think Mistress should try another sub? And if yes, who of the remaining players, Dan Dan, Heva, or Leader? I think Leader, well, do I think that they should try another sub? No, I think the current combination is working for them. Um, but I think this is Leader's meta. So if we wanted to see one, it'd be him. Um, yeah, we'll call it there. Thank you, everyone, for just <laughs> submitting questions. What? How much time do you guys spend on analyzing, reviewing each week, and how do you decide what to focus on in a week in terms of oh, storytelling? By we, we Aaron Colder. <laughs> At Aaron Colder. We don't do any analysis. Um, <laughs> the LEC. It's, I mean, it's it, we can't help it. It's true. You know, um, we, we come in with our biases, and then we just... I just, like no rap is fire narrative all over the place. We're... <laughs> All I'm saying is go, but be succinct because we the people here are their their commute is wrapped up. They are already at work. Their boss is like, "Why are your headphones still on? We've clearly gone on for too long." So just be succinct with your this is not long. This was the can of worms I did not want to open I'm in the just last moment. Going to pose this: the amount of analytical content that comes out of the LEC team through Ooh. things like tactics, yes. the meta report, uh, picks to watch. I believe we've even got other things that are coming. The amount of times that we do telestrator breakdowns, the amount of times that we do oracle lens in game, and the fact that I didn't once touch any sort of narrative in my last three casts for a very purposeful reason, I think means that we do more than just narrative casting. I definitely think that there's a perception, but I think people should reevaluate. There's some good, some bad. We can take away from it as well. But to answer the core question, though. Um Aside from like the LEC doesn't do um, analysis meme, it depends on person to person. People are going to prep a lot more when they are, they have to prep a lot less if they're casting the same teams every week. Let's say someone's casting G2 every week, they have a lot less prep to do because they watch those games, they cast those games. If you're casting a team you haven't cast before, like Worlds or international events, you do a lot of oh, prep because you need to understand that team. But it also depends. Some people, I'll use Spawn as an example, OPL caster has an insanely basically photographic memory. So he can watch a team fight once and tell you exactly what happened and what cooldowns were there. Now, I can't do that. Deficio can't do that. So in turn, and this, this pisses a lot of people off. I wish I like, could do that. That's Spawn's superpower. <laughs> yeah. So like Deficio will watch and rewatch and take screenshots and will understand 100% why an interaction works before he goes any further. The bottom line is pretty much any time that you're not in meetings, if you're at the office, if you're working, we work full nine to five days, basically slightly different hours, but the core hours are basically the same or amount of hours basically the same. People are prepping and they will also go home and do extra prep if they need to. But VOD review is like the core tenant of, I would say, of caster life, regardless of if you're an analyst or, or a play-by-play -play caster. And that's going to do it for episode season four, episode Yay. three. Sorry, I'm just, you're, you're done. Uh, hopefully your bosses <laughs> didn't yell at you on your commute. Um, and I hope uh, their boss isn't with them on their commute. 
just standing sometimes, you know, trains, <laughs> public transit, rough, carpooling. You could be in LA right now trapped in two-hour traffic and you could be like, why isn't there more? And for that, I'm sorry. And my answer to you is stop living in Los Angeles. It's a terrible place. Anyway, uh, this has been this episode. We are probably going to take a break week during Riff Rivals. Um, we may be doing a Die For episode, we're coordinating with NAM, we're talking about it. But then we will take the next week off. Uh, after that, we will be back for week four of the LEC um, and we'll keep you guys posted if there are any changes there other than that thank you guys so much for listening for watching let us know what you think of the tier list let us what you know let us what you know sure that's it that's all we're getting today it's loose we love it thank you for submitting Twitter questions we'll see you guys later bye bye